I am Danika. And I am Myra. And this is the Black Women Healing Podcast. A space to discuss mental wellness. A space to dive into soul care and vulnerability. Here, we will support you on your journey as you focus on your healing. While also giving you the work along the way. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hey, y'all. I am here to announce that our book, Let's Heal, a workbook designed for Black women with various modalities by your co-host, Danika and Myra, is now at a storefront. And so the storefront is Urbana Goods. It's a community store that brings an upgraded experience of connecting with the community uh, with small crafting gatherings and workshops and supporting other local businesses by housing and selling their merchandise, such as us. And they even sell some of your typical items from the local convenience store. Like y'all, I literally bought some body butter, hair products, and a cute purse all from this store, just to give you a little example. So when you have some time, check out Urbana Goods. It's located in Guardina, California. The actual address is 1756 West El Segundo, Guardina, California, 90249. You can put it in your GPS, whatever you need to do, but go ahead and make your way there and check us out. Hey y'all, we're back with another episode of Black Women Healing Podcast and it's Monday, so you know what that means. It's another episode that we're going to host with another special guest. So before we get started, we're going to start with a random discussion off the top of the dome. Hmm. What's going on in my life? Um, <laughs> um I feel like we talked about daylight savings times before. I want to say something about that. Mm. You got something, Myra? Uh, um well since we're heading into fall i'm curious what people look forward to when it comes to fall that's a good one okay mm-hmm. um i think for me for sure i'm just talking to one of my clients about this about how like i mean i've been gone from kentucky now for like six years um but i used to really like the leaves falling off the trees like you know they was naked and like this um like the brown and the orange of everything um you know it being chilly to the point where everyone wants hot coffee or cider hot cider so I don't get that anymore but I still miss it even though in California like Los Angeles type of you don't get that in Southern California for real so I do like the fact that it still gets chilly though you get to wear or I get to wear like um you know the sweaters and stuff like I mean, I guess you could wear the little fur boots or those type of things here, but I I haven't really done that here. Like I haven't really had to get some real deal like snow boots since I've lived out here. But I would say for me, the sweaters and then, oh, the pumpkin spice and all that type of stuff, the cinnamon latte, like that type of stuff, just the smell of it. Like, I really like that too. But uh, yeah, what about you, Mar? recently I just started trying pumpkin flavored things so I've been going to Trader Joe's and everything that's pumpkin flavored and I know that I like that type of stuff so I think that's what I'm enjoying and now that I have a baby I like going to like the pumpkin patches and those little things because at first I was like I would never go to that but now I'm going to all of them so (laughs) I'm enjoying that (laughs) what about you Jet? Um, I've really been trying some of the pumpkin spice stuff too, like the lattes and um, apple picking. Some of those like fall activities can be really 
nice and relaxing during the colors changing for the leaves for sure yes well thank you so much for engaging that random discussion we hope that y'all back at home are starting to think about some of the fall things that you like too um so i'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest so as a career coach jet has worked with career de development across 40 plus industries from aerospace engineering business healthcare music visual arts zoology and so much more Jet has worked with new graduates, graduate school applicants, seasoned professionals, and corporate executives. While working, Jet experienced common and uncommon obstacles such as discrimination at work, living in a country without any family, her mom was stabbed in a robbery, and she lived, um, and her dad was diagnosed with dementia when she was 25 and, has, and she has had to move countries to take care of him. Eventually, she realized she didn't want just any job. She wanted to build a way to make money that aligns with who she is and more importantly, her situation. So today we're going to talk about one of Jet's, um, I guess we could say like themes, which is like steps to stop feeling stuck in your career so you can design a job or business to live life on your terms, which as you can hear, she most definitely is. So before we jump into discussing steps to stop feeling stuck, uh, can we ask why you feel Black women in particular are often the ones who feel stuck? For sure. That's a that's an amazing question. I just had a conversation with somebody about this yesterday. Um, there's so many things that affect Black women. As a woman, you're going into the workplace, you know, there's patriarchy. I remember when I started, uh, I'm originally from the Bahamas. I was an international student in Canada. And when I started working, I, I was Black. I am Black, female, immigrant. I was 21. The youngest person in the workplace was at that time was considered to be 25 to 30. Those were young people. And here I was going into initially like predominantly male spaces, white male spaces and working. And there was a time when I walked into a meeting and the person refused to meet with me. He said, you cannot be the right person to meet with. And my boss had to come into that meeting and say, hey, um, okay, what do you wanna know? And then she literally let him ask the questions and she just repeated the question to me. And then after about three to four minutes, she's like, do you see a pattern here? I don't have the answers to your questions. Either you speak to her or you don't do business with us. And that sounds like, oh yeah, I'm getting some amazing support in that environment. But to go into workplaces where you feel like you constantly have to prove yourself, where you have to overcompensate, where like I felt like I'm very curvy. I felt like no matter what I wore, it wasn't professional enough for the workplace because my body just wasn't professional enough for the workplace. It was it's exhausting and then it can create anger. It can create a sense that you're being bottlenecked or blocked and it can be totally valid. You can it can be something that's happening under the surface where people aren't directly saying, hey, I'm holding me back because of my internal biases but you feel it you feel it on a daily basis you feel the way you're being disrespected and sometimes you can't even pinpoint it and you can't put the words on it but you can ex you experience it and you know what's happening and that when you can't actually have it validated that can be even more frustrating and so a lot of women in color will come and work with me because they want to create more flexibility. I, I was talking to somebody who is white with disabilities, and we were talking about what that feels like to go into a workplace and feel like 
every you're just not being validated for your actual lived experience people are questioning you if you say something about it they don't believe you it's like you have to then prove it's happening and she said you know I admire people who fought and paved the way, but sometimes I don't want to have to go into work and feel like I'm fighting to pave a way. I just want to go into work and make some money, do my job and be able to walk away. But when you're a woman of color, there's a layer that just doesn't let that happen in the workplace. And that really, it can wear on you and it can break you down. And if you go into hyper corporate environments, like investment banking or management consulting, then you feel like you're meant to to fit a mold. And sometimes I'm speaking to those women and it's almost like I don't want to pierce too deeply because they will crack because that facade that they have of themselves will crack. And then I would need to be there to help support them in building something new to create a career where they actually can see themselves and be themselves and let that happen. Thank you for highlighting that and even sharing your personal experience, because I feel like oftentimes when I'm talking with women, they'll be thinking that they're the only one that's experienced this. And it's nice to hear someone else kind of having like a similar or same experience because it's like, oh, it's not actually just me. Like other people are experiencing that, too. And my experience is just as valid. Absolutely. A lot of people think that it's just me. And that's where that comes from, especially when you're really a minority in the workplace, you're there aren't a lot of, if you start to pave the way, you are like the only woman of color, the youngest person, the only, the only whatever you are in that workplace, it can feel very isolating because you've nobody to like whisper with and say, Hey, are you feeling this too? Because then you start to think maybe it's just me. And then you start to question how much you should talk about yourself in the workplace. Then you get quieter. You don't talk about yourself. You don't push yourself forward as much. And then there are all of those little things that people will say, like, I remember my first week on the job, my manager asked me, like, how, aren't you taking spaces, space for like Canadians in the workplace? Like, should you, should you, like, don't you feel like you are taking the spot of somebody else who should be here? Um, and it, it's the fact that I had to answer that. And it, that's just one example of many examples that I experienced, but then you have to, you have to answer these questions because they're coming from a place of ignorance and you have to engage in dialogue in the workplace. When does it become a time where you can just craft your own direction? You're not forced to fit into a mold for somebody else. And for a lot of people, they stop questioning whether that's even a possibility that you can craft a career for yourself, that you can design something where you are serving your community. And that doesn't need to be just women of color. It can, a lot of my clients aren't just women of color. I have white male clients. I have people who love working with me, who want to support, who are allies, who want to, to grow and support but they also know that what I am offering is something of value. So I don't have to dress a certain way. I don't have to act a certain way. I don't have to wear makeup. I don't have to do things to present a facade of professional. I can deliver a service and I'm valued for that service. And that is a liberating feeling that a lot of people don't experience because they don't even believe it's a possibility. That's a perfect transition into <laughs> our next kind of question. We wanna go ahead and talk about steps to start feeling um, unstuck. 
So there are seven steps I walk people through. So I help people find what they love to do and sell themselves with confidence, whether they want a job, freelance service, or business. And a lot of people are like, how does that work? You're a career coach and a business coach. How do you bridge that gap between those two things? And you touched on a bit, like I had 90 days to find a job or build a career business or leave the country. And what I realized was I don't want just any job. I want a career with line, aligns with who I am. But the first stage that I was stuck in was I had no idea what that was. I was 21, I was living in a country by myself. How do I narrow down the type of career that I want? And I had a bunch of underlying beliefs. Like I thought if I pursued a career that I was really excited about that I would end up a starving artist never being able to afford to fly home and meet my family. If I pursued something that made money I would hate it and I'd be an unhappy professional or I just end up stuck in this limbo where I knew the type of career that I wanted but I didn't have the skills and I didn't know how to build those skills so I just end up a dreamer and so the first phase is the no idea phase and you want to avoid those three traps the starving art artist the unhappy professional or the dreamer and you want to move into a place where you have craft a solid idea of what you want and that means you need to combine three things your desire which is what you want out of life because so many people build a career ignoring what they want out of life if you ignore what you want you can't build what you want so if you your career should fund your life and your life goals and the first place you need to start is the type of life that you want, because what I want is going to be different from what you want, or even from what I want 10 years from now or 10 years ago. So you need to define what you desire out of life. Then you need to combine that with your skills. What skills do you like using and what skills do you dislike using? What type of work environments do you want to be in? And then look at market demand. As a career coach, I've been offered jobs or roles from 30,000 Canadian, which is about 30% less than the US dollar right now, all the way up to 300,000 USD. That is a wild difference in what I could provide for myself, the life I can create for myself. And that's all about industry. That's all about knowing who will pay more for what you do. And so I combine your desire, your skills and demand to help you avoid those three traps of the starving artist, the unhappy professional and the dreamer so that you can craft an idea that aligns with who you are as a person and your personality. So it's a human centered career. But then the thing is phase two, you have an idea, but you don't actually know what you'll sell, what your job title will be. So your idea is something that say, okay, I want to help people. Let's say it's marketing, but I don't know, am I going to be a content strategist? Am I going to work with big companies? Am I going to work with small companies? You don't actually know the terms, the contract that you're going to offer. So phase three is offer where you set out the terms and it's like you set out that contract. So that contract can be your job contract. That could be the contracts around your products or services and what you'll be offering the scope of that work, but you need to then know what you'll be offering and packaging it and pricing it. So people will want to buy it from you. And the number one reason that people fail is an untested or an unvalidated idea. So businesses fail. The number one reason businesses fail in the first five years is an untested or an unvalidated idea. The number one reason that job searchers struggle is because they are trying to sell themselves, but they haven't actually packaged themselves in a way that they know meets employer demand. So they're struggling to get employer attention. So what you want to do is you want to make sure that you validated this idea to package an offer. So phase three is offer. Um, when you have an offer, that means you're going from saying, I'm just doing marketing, which is your idea, to saying, I am offering um, a two-step marketing package to take 
first time entrepreneurs from uh, no clients to their first 50 clients using LinkedIn marketing strategies or something like that. Or for a job, I've helped people in healthcare and they would say, oh, I help um, teaching and research hospitals who are struggling with creating um, affordable and accessible healthcare strategies for diverse immigrant populations by offering an understanding of healthcare logistics, healthcare determinants, and um, cultural factors so that we can design um, affordable and accessible healthcare for all people in this region. Something like that. Then you're telling a story of how you help and it becomes very compelling. After you've done that, then you need to know you got this offer, this thing you want to sell. You need to move to phase four and you need to get your first clients. You need to get those companies excited to talk to you. You need to get those clients for your business excited to, to work with you. And how do you, how do you do that? You have to sell yourself. But a lot of people think selling yourself is sleazy. It's pushy. It's salesy. How am I going to do this in a way that works that will attract people? I don't want to talk about myself. I think I'm going to sound, um, I think nobody's going to want to hear from me. How do I do this? So what you then need to do is realize that you like being sold to. It's a huge mindset shift. But anytime we think about selling, we think about the pushy, sleazy salesman. But the truth is when you go and buy your favorite meal off of Uber Eats or go into your favorite restaurant, if that waiter did not bring you that menu, you would be upset because you want to be sold to in that scenario. So you need to make sure that they are giving you that space and then you once you've got your first clients, you need to make sure you deliver them results. That's when you get your start to develop your references, your testimonials. And once you've set out a system, you know it'll make money. Then, sorry, once you've set, delivered those results and you know it'll make money, then you can set out systems. You can set up your LinkedIn so it'll constantly attract more and more companies who want this service. You can set out a sales process within your business, who will, which will attract more and more clients who want this product or service that you're selling. And once you've got that system automated to attract more job opportunities, because one, a, a huge mistake that people make is they'll not think of themselves like a, as an entrepreneur in a job. And that means that when they lose that job, they're struggling and they're scrambling to find the next job because they don't know how to sell themselves. And when you have a system in place, that means you constantly have job offers coming to you. Plus you understand what your employer needs. So you're always in demand by your employer. And then once you set that up, no matter whether you're selling yourself to be an employee and have one client or one contract with a business, or whether you want multiple clients and scale to having your own business, you will have systems in place and you can then expand and grow and start to make more money and shift from a mindset of saying with an entry-level job, but a company is just coming to you and you're saying, well, I don't know what I can do. Here's a list of my history and my resume. Well, can you tell me how I can help you so I can make the most money? You don't want to do that. You want to say, this is how I help you. This is the problem that you're experiencing. This is how I can add value. And that's when you start to move into six-figure incomes, owning your own business. And you start to remove that fear of selling yourself because 92% of Americans are afraid of interviews. But there's a correlation where people who make over six figures are 50% less likely to say they fear anything in an interview. So when you're afraid of selling yourself, if you don't know these processes, you're literally leaving money at the table. And as women of color, as people of color with a history of slavery and oppression, where we're told that our work is not valued, that our labor is not valued, 
we need to start shifting how we're selling ourselves, especially as we go and get more and more education, which means more and more tuition debt. And we need to understand how to translate that into more income. Yes. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I think that um, like it was a lot in the steps and as we were talking about it, uh, well, one, can we review the steps just so we have them and we're clear just like um, so we can make sure we were able to create some really good content. Um, and then I have a follow up question. But so if what's what are the steps, please? So number one is no idea. Number two is idea. Number three is offer. Four, first clients. Five, results. So like testimonials. Six is you build out the systems. And seven is you expand and grow so that you can create your happy career. Okay. Okay. So out of those seven steps, right, as you were talking about them, I was thinking about how, um, you know, some of them probably are more difficult than the uh, than others. What have you noticed that's the most difficult steps for uh, Black women in particular? Definitely selling yourself. Selling yourself and believing that you are worthy of earning a certain amount of income. This past uh, week, I had a client go from earning 70,000 USD in a stressful job to we're signing a contract, like they signed a contract this weekend to us uh, with a base salary of 160,000 USD with a bonus structure all the way up to 390,000 USD. So that 160,000 is if they don't hit any performance targets, they basically fail at the job. And that created physical shivers, like physical shaking, because we need to question our relationship with money and how much we think we, we deserve, how much can we charge? So many um, women of color that I work with when they're charging like $30 an hour and I'm like, no, you should be charging $200 an hour, $500 an hour. If you're working with a corporate client, these are the standard rates within this industry. And they're like, no, 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 I'm not worth that. I can't do that. Who am I to ask for that much? So that would be one of the biggest fears. And it comes from just our, our history and questioning what type of lifestyle am I worthy of creating for myself? And then if I do have money, a guilt about that money, how should I be spending that money? How should I be helping my communities? Is it wrong for me to be making this much money? Because then I'm not going to identify with my my friends when they talk about being broke and we're all joking and talking about, oh man, the struggle is real. I can't then talk and joke with them. But then should I just hand them out money? Like that relationship with money then becomes questioned. And we have to unpack that and shift that relationship i i've been doing a lot of work around the trauma of money and how that's shifted how even i've grown my business and how i help other people make money so that one and then the second one would be going from that idea phase to an offer phase so when you know an area that you want to work in but you actually don't know the terms of it you don't know how to go and talk to people and validate that idea and chat with them and say hey, would you pay for this? What questions should you ask? You feel uncomfortable even going to them. You'll feel like you'll be bothering them trying to talk about how you can design something to help them. And it's it's something that isn't as common in like white communities. They, they feel more comfortable doing that. They could go and talk to their, their uncle or their friend and say, hey, I wanna ask you some questions about how to design this thing. 
that that conversation I find when I'm working with those groups, there's a lot less fear that I have to work through um, versus when I'm working with women of color and people of color. That makes sense. Um, we wanted to kind of follow up with that and ask what are some key points that are important to highlight in the journey of designing your job? All right. So the first one is allow yourself to believe that you can love what you do and make more money. This is something that we like, deeply internalize is not possible. We have to follow the road of education and hard work and experience to achieve financial success. But the true path to financial success is solving problems that people or companies care about and then asking for the compensation that you want in return. So instead of just getting an education for the sake of getting an education or getting that master's degree, go and start doing that research, spend that time and money understanding high value problems, like go in and start reaching out to people on LinkedIn and saying, hey, I want to chat with you. I know you're the secretary in the president's office. Do you mind if I just chat with you and understand like some of the obstacles or how the university or company that you're working with works so that I can start to break some of these things down and look at how I can design some products or services to meet their needs? Would you open be open to me buying you a dinner or paying for a coffee? These things can help you shift that conversation. So number one, knowing that you can love what you do and make more money. And uh, number two, knowing that the key to success is not education, experience, and hard work. It is asking for what you want to be compensated after you solve a problem that clients or companies care about. Thank you for highlighting that. Yes. So, I mean, I think that, um, I mean, in itself, um, I mean, for myself, I feel like that every few years I end up kind of feeling stuck. Like I'll, I'll get somewhere and I'll be like, okay, okay, I got it. And then I'll feel stuck right again. And so hearing you talk about these steps, I mean, these steps literally can be recycled, right? Like, so it's like, okay, if you can't, if you do do these things and you do feel stuck again, like you can literally just restart, like it's okay. Absolutely. So I've had clients receive four promotions in three years because they just repeated this process. They just figured out what they wanted to do. They went in and they did it. They solved some problems for that company. And then they started pitching themselves to solve a higher value problem, making more money. And you can do this over and over again. You can do it for a job. You can do it for a freelance service and for a business. And once you learn these tools, you are literally opening the door to professional growth, to earning a higher income. And you are freeing yourself from this idea of I am a broke or struggling professional. I must be unhappy or work 60 plus hours a week to earn my survival. You can shift that mindset. A lot of my clients make more money and work less hours with the freedom to work from anywhere for those who value that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think the work you're doing is amazing. Uh, being able to thank you for sharing this information as well. Um, I think a lot of times that, you know, we're not giving, we're not in the spaces and meeting with the people who can give us this type of information with the experiences that you have, right? So um, I know for sure, personally, I want to thank you 
uh, when it comes to takeaways, so at the end, and you've given a lot of takeaways already, <laughs> but when it comes to the end, we give takeaways, just anything that you want to leave. It could be a quote, it could be a book, anything you want to leave with the listeners. So what would you say your takeaway would be? If you want to explore what stage of professional growth you are at and how you can take your next step, I have designed a quiz that can help you analyze are you which of these seven phases you are in and what steps you should take to do next so you can find that at my website jetstubs.com and it will help you I, I have a whole workshop that you access that's based on your level that gives you these resources because I'm trying to make them as accessible as possible because when I had 90 days to find a job or leave the country, I was broke. I didn't have all the tools and money to access a career coach. So I know how important that is to create some tools that are accessible for people. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. And um, we will be releasing again that your episode, I want to say, I want to say in one of these Mondays, but you'll know. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, that's it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. So y'all, I think that this episode for me was a little personal because like I mentioned, I feel like every few years I kind of feel stuck in general, just like, what am I doing in life? Uh, what am I doing in my, in my career, my profession? um in the community just in general I just can't explain every few years I kind of go through this so um and I kind of usually talk to my peers and mentors and all that stuff and you know I'll figure it out but it's nice to have some new information um yeah so my takeaway would just be take what you need and um make it implemented and make it work for your life um Myra what about you I think my takeaway would be um, that you can create the career that you want. It's kind of even making me reflect on the episode that we had with Kene Quarter and oh, how she kind of did like that breakdown of how to like think about what you want to do for your next steps. And I actually use the tips that she shared. Um, so it's just making me think about how you can create the life that you want. It's just about taking the time to think things out. So I think that's my takeaway. Okay. Well, we all, we hope you all enjoyed the episode with us and we will see you all next Monday.